Father, we pray that as we take some time to think about your word now, that you would meet us there. Father, we long for this to be a Christmas where we know real comfort and real joy. And so, Father, we pray that you would speak through your word to us this evening, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There can be a lot of expectation at Christmas, can't there? <laughs> a lot of expectation, so much preparation, so much build-up, so many trips to the shops, so many trips back to the same shops. There's many lists, there's many events, there's many logistical plans to, to confirm, isn't there? I mean, who, who is picking up Granny? <laughs> um, am I the one that's bringing dessert? Is this supposed to be like a secret Santa thing, or should I really brought you all presents tonight? I'm not sure what way that's working, you know? And maybe if we're honest, if we're honest, for some of us here, joy is not the first word that comes to your mind. No, not at all. And maybe comfort, well, you're saying more like anxious, more like stressed. Well, tonight I want us to, to look at one of the lesser known parts of the Christmas story. And I think what we find there is we will come face to face with real comfort and real joy. Tonight we're taking a look in Luke's gospel at the Christmas story. And well, in order to set the scene, I need to give you a bit of background before we jump into tonight's reading. Let me set the first scene, and this is where we pick up. Um, we need to understand that we've been, already been introduced to a couple, a couple called old Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth. Well, it doesn't say old Zechariah, but he is old, and so is Elizabeth. He was a priest serving in the temple, and this was a, a, a wonderful couple. There's a wonderful picture of faithful Christian service, even in the midst of difficult times, Christian service and devotion. And Luke describes them like this. He says, they are righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. If you're a Christian here this evening, it, is that not what you long? When you get to the end of your days, that people would say, yes, that's what marked them out, walking blamelessly in all of the commandments and statutes of the Lord. What a wonderful testimony. But for Zechariah and Elizabeth, the area of childbearing was one in their life which they had known no joy. Yes, they had prayed. They had longed that they, they would have children, and yet no children appeared. Elizabeth was barren, and they were both old. And then something truly remarkable happens. There was Zechariah. He was serving in the temple when all of a sudden there was an angel, Gabriel. Gabriel appeared and told him that he and Elizabeth, they were going to have a son, and this son was to be called John. God had heard their prayer. And this son, he was to have a special role, a very special role in God's salvation plan. He was to prepare the people for the Lord. What a joyful scene. Well, that's the first scene. And here's the second scene that we need to understand before we understand what's happening in tonight's uh, section that we read. Uh, the second scene is this. This time, the angel appears again. <laughs> this time, not to an old woman, far past her years of childbearing, but rather to a young woman probably in her teens. And listen to the words of the angel as the angel appears to young Mary. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Well, 
For Mary, as the angel speaks, it is not joy that she feels, but rather fear. What type of greeting might this be? And so the angel responds, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Well, Mary had a question. How would this come about? As she was a virgin and she was engaged to be married. And so the angel tells her the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the son who would be born would be called the Son of God. wonder how you would have processed if you were Mary, all that you'd just been told as you contemplate going to have that conversation with your fiancé. Maybe imagine going home and chatting to mom and dad and saying, mom and dad, there was an angel appeared. Uh, I'm going to be pregnant, but it's, it, it's not how it looks. It's the Holy Spirit has come upon me. We don't know what all was going through Mary's head, but we do know her response to the angel. Listen to this. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What a response, eh? <laughs> What a response. And it's at that point that we pick up tonight's story. If you have a Bible and you want to follow on, then we're going to Luke. Luke chapter 1 and verses 39 through to 45. Luke chapter 1, 39 through to 45. If you don't have a Bible, that's quite okay. Just listen as we hear the word of the Lord. Luke 1, 39 to 45. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Comfort. <laughs> you see, here is a story which I think shows the typical care that God has for his children. Here is Mary, and she's thrown into this unknown world, isn't she? She's had this announcement from the angel, but surely many of the people whom she talks to and, and shares this story, they're, they're not going to buy the story, are they? And so where does she head? Well, she heads for fellowship and companionship with another. She heads with haste to meet Elizabeth. Perhaps she Maybe didn't even really know Elizabeth up until this point, until the angel had said that she too was pregnant in the announcement that the angel had given to her. This time, not the immaculate conception, but an equally supernatural one, given her age. Elizabeth was six months ahead, 
And so Mary heads to spend time with perhaps the, the only other woman in the world who could understand something of the uniqueness of this unexpected expectancy. And in Elizabeth, Mary seems to find a friend, and she seems to find fellowship because she stays with her for three months. I don't know what your situation is tonight, but I know that God has not made us to travel through this life on our own. We are a relational people. We're made to be in relationship. We're made for relationship with God, first and foremost, but we're also made for relationship with others. And if you're a Christian here this evening, then part of that relational comfort comes through being part of God's family, part of God's church, part of God's people. Oh, we find comfort first and foremost from knowing God, absolutely, knowing our sins forgiven. We find comfort in knowing that we can turn to our heavenly Father in prayer and that God answers prayer just like we see in the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth. But we also find comfort through God's people. (laughs) One of the wonderful things about this story of, of Mary and Elizabeth is this the witness of a wonderful friendship, isn't it? A wonderful friendship between a girl in her teens and someone at least four times her age. And yet they're able to help each other, aren't they? It's one of the beauties about being part of a a church family. As I said earlier, I don't know what's happening in, in most of your lives right now. And it's not that within the church there'll be someone going through exactly the same situation or has went through exactly the same situation. But there are many others who will have went through similar sorts of things. Similar sorts of things, whether it's a a divorce, the loss of a parent, the loss of a child, a cancer diagnosis, a terminal illness, a financial bankruptcy, a new job, being a parent for the first time, struggling with infertility, sitting exams, dating, single, empty nesting, downsizing, grieving, anxious about the future, unable to see a future. I wonder this evening, are you here? And, and you're trying to carry everything yourself. Oh, yes, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. But when it comes to the problems of life and just, just making your way through, somehow you've, you've come to this idea that you have to carry it all yourself and never share anything with anyone else. You're reluctant to let anyone else really into your life. Well, I think here we see in the Christmas story a story of God's kindly provision, isn't it? A story of God's kindly provision, a story of fellowship between two women who, who were both holding the shared, the shared thread of, of God weaving their miraculous pregnancies into the story of the salvation of the world. And I wonder if, if maybe we miss much of the comfort God may have an offer through his family, his church family, his people, by a proud refusal to let anyone else close or anyone else in. And so this evening, let me ask you a question. Do you know the kind of comfort that comes from a deep sharing of your life with others? Because that's what this 
church is supposed to be, isn't it? We're supposed to be God's people walking together, supposed to be a family who cares deeply for each other, carrying each other, but that only comes about whenever, whenever we're actually vulnerable with each other, whenever we truly share what's happening, what's really going on in our hearts, what's really happening in our lives, it's only then that we can actually walk alongside each other and care for each other, and that we can know the comfort that comes from God's people. But the second thing I want us to see in, in this passage tonight is, is joy, joy. And the joy in the story comes from the meeting of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it perhaps comes from an unlikely source. Did you spot that? If you have it open, look with me. Because the first mention that we have of a response given to Christ Jesus, the baby, is actually from a baby who's approximately 24 weeks and still inside his mommy's tummy. It's the interaction between Jesus and John. And the interaction with Jesus comes as Jesus himself is only days or weeks from conception. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? To get a little snippet of what's really happening here in these two ladies' tummies. If you thought that the Bible was, was silent about life in the womb, well then sit up and take notice because look at what's happening here. Pay attention. When Elizabeth heard, heard the greeting of Mary, it's not Elizabeth's reaction that we're first given. No, no, no. Luke records that it's that of her son. What did he do? Well, we're told that he, he leapt in the womb. This was no ordinary baby kick. No, this baby was getting a kick from meeting Jesus. That's what's happening here. This is why this baby leaps for joy. This little baby is rejoicing as he meets Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Just in case we weren't sure, Elizabeth confirms that's what's happening in verse 44. So here was John the Baptist, the one who would make ready a people for the coming of the Lord. And he does it first with his mum by giving her a great big kick. Here's John the Baptist, who, who last Sunday morning we were thinking about how his job was to be one of a, 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 great, a great witness to Jesus Christ, and here he does it even while he's inside his mommy's tummy. He's leaping about and he's saying, this is the Son of God. John takes his job seriously, doesn't he? <laughs> he starts young. <laughs> he starts young. And he witnesses to Jesus. You see, maybe you're wondering, what's, what's really going on here? Well, back in verse 15 of the chapter, if you flick back, you'll see, we're actually told about John that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And so as Mary arrives with baby Jesus in her womb, John, in some way, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within him, knows that this is none other than Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, the one who is to be worshipped. So what causes little baby John to worship? Well, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? The same thing it causes any single one of us to worship, only by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. And it's also happening with Elizabeth, isn't it? Verses 41 and 42, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Here was Elizabeth. She could have easily focused on her own news at this point, couldn't she? You know, the great joy of expecting after many, many, many long years of waiting and praying and probably giving up hope long, long ago. And yet here she is in awe and wonder. Awe and wonder at why she would be chosen to spend time with the mother of her Lord. Did you spot that? The mother of her Lord. You see, she recognized Jesus. Even in his his early stage, she recognizes this is my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. And you see, here's the thing. Here's Here's the incredible thing, because God can work. God can work in the youngest baby right through to the oldest lady. Isn't that what we see? He can bring about lasting joy, lasting joy in meeting Jesus. Lasting joy in getting to know Jesus, the Son of God. Lasting joy in knowing the salvation, the saving from and forgiveness of sin that is only found in him. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Quite incredible. And so I wonder, this Christmas, do you know that joy? Do you know that joy personally? Do you know comfort and joy that comes from only knowing Jesus Christ? I don't place unrealistic expectations on the Christmas celebrations. If you're looking to the presents and the turkey to bring you comfort, you're only going to be disappointed. If you've banked on the Christmas decor and the, and the family celebrations to bring you lasting joy, well then, Christmas Day is, again, going to let you down. But if you have met with Jesus, the Savior of the world, the, the Son of God, well then you will know deep and lasting joy this Christmas. And in how God works, you're welcomed into the great big family of God. You're, you're one of his children. I've been thinking about that in John's gospel. We get to know the comfort of God through the fellowship with his people. We know the comfort of God as we journey alongside each other. And that's what we do, isn't it? It's a journey. We journey on. We know comfort and joy in Jesus. And we long and we pray for Jesus to return. And so the question this evening, do you know that joy? Do you know the joy of, of really knowing Jesus this evening? If you're here this evening, you're not a Christian, but maybe you, you want to think about this more, you want to talk about it more, come and chat to myself, chat to Al, chat to one of the elders, someone who you came with who you know is a Christian. We'd, we'd love to, to have that time to be able to talk about this more. There's um, a, a few of these books left. I know lots of you have picked them up. Rico Tice, The Ultimate Christmas Wish List. Again, it really just explains what it is that we believe as Christians, how to find true joy, how to know real deep comfort. Maybe you, you'd rather pick up a book. That's fine. Pick up a book, and, and hopefully this will help you think it through more. But please, hear the call. Hear the call to believe and receive Jesus this evening. Let's pray. Lord, this Christmas, would you work in all of our hearts, bringing lasting joy in Christ? And might we see your kindness and experience your comfort through journeying together humbly 
as your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.